what I saw kind of at a macro level is is money is often the greatest perceived need, mm. oh. but in most cases, the least useful. Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name is Jeff Thomas, and we have a very special guest with us today. It's Daryl Heald. Daryl, usually I do these pretty short introductions. I may set a record for uh, brevity on this one. I'm just going to say of the McClellan Foundation, whatever that might mean, we're going to go all over the place. Everybody, you're going to be blessed by this uh, by this conversation. But Daryl, welcome to the welcome to the program. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, great to be here. I, it's a special treat as a, as a Texan to be back here. Ah, uh, yes. In Houston, though. So, so uh, that's a good precursor. We always ask kind of just for a little context uh, so we get to know right. guests, kind of where you grew up, what your family was like, that sort of thing. Go ahead. Tell us that story. Yeah, thanks. Well, I was, uh, yeah, I was born and raised here in Texas and uh, multi-generational Texan and went out to uh, California uh, for, for school and yeah. had a Southern Belle out there. Okay. And that's why we're uh, back in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But uh, I don't think that happens very often. It does. It does. You go uh, from the west south west. out yeah. to uh, California. A lot of people stay, you know, or they meet somebody out there. So you went and played soccer, I guess, in college. What was that? Yeah. What was that all about? Yeah, I was, well, more than anything else, I think I was attracted to the, to the climate, the, to, the, to, the, to the climate, the beaches and every, everything else. So, yeah, it was, it was a great place. I went to Westmont College. Okay. And two of my... Yeah, two of our kids also are graduates there. Oh, wow. That's cool. And what? tell us a little about what, what town did you grow up in or city in, in, uh, in Texas? Well, I was born in Wichita Falls. Yeah. I uh, lived in Temple, Texas yeah. for about 10 years in San Antonio. I love it. I love it. I kept going south. And was, was, was faith a thing in your family growing up? Yeah. Uh, neither. Actually, neither one of my, my mom's from Houston. Okay. Actually, my dad's from Dalhart. Uh, but neither one of them grew up in a in, uh, family of faith. Mm-hmm. But they were, when my dad was doing his residency uh, in veterinary medicine in Wichita Falls, my mom first was invited to a women's Bible study yeah. uh, by a couple that were, was on the Billy Graham team, Don and Mary Tapp, who, who I met. My mom became a believer first, and then, uh, and then they finally got my dad to go, wow. go to it. And uh, he met Christ there as well. And, and they you know, kept in touch with the Tabs, and I know them as my spiritual grandparents. So. Wow. Wow. And how old were you kind of when all that was? Well, legacy, I was, let's see, I was, I was born there in Wichita Falls. So yeah, I was right when, yeah, right when I was kind of an infant, right, year old or, or something like that. And right, so, right. Yeah. But they were kind of their faith journey. We, we started, you know, going to church. So in some ways, I, I mean, that's all I knew. Yeah. Was, uh, grew up in a, in a family of faith. But the big, the big flip for my parents was they were uh, discipled by a couple with the navigators, Joe and John Stone. Yeah. And that was, you know, very intentional and uh, very deep and really, you know, uh, it actually led my parents into full-time ministry. As my dad said, he he had a, you know, successful thriving vet practice, but he just felt like God was calling him to trade pets for people. (laughs) that's that's great yeah so we uh ended up they ended up joining the navigators who they were with the navs on staff with them for 38 years wow yeah but they're still they're still alive 80 my dad would be 89 yeah the 80 
six. Are they in Temple now? Where, where no, they? they're in Tucson. They are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Great place for my, my grandparents retired uh, there as well. Green Valley. Here's a yeah, great, great memories to visit them, playing some golf. Well, that's cool. Okay. So you go off to college and, and you meet this uh, Southern Belle. Okay. Now, now this relationship, all marriages are important, but you know, you kind of got sucked into the vortex of her family. <laughs> so this yeah. is going to be a big part of it. But so what was all that? What was that experience like? Just kind of the normal deal. What did she, uh, well, let's just t- tell us about that story, meeting her. Yeah. Well, so my wife is part of the fifth generation of a family that we, uh, they trace back to the, uh, her great, great grandfather, Thomas McClellan, that uh, immigrated from Scotland to Nova Scotia first and down to uh, Kansas uh, right after the Civil War. He actually ended up losing the bank that he started. Wow. It failed. And uh, as a 52-year-old, which was pretty old back pretty, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, traveled down to Chattanooga, saw this two-man brokerage with this new product called Disability Insurance and bought it and started a provident life and accident in 1886. Wow. They took that public in 1910, and uh, the family held controlling interest for 100, 126 years. I believe not. So, yeah, quite a... And it, we actually have a lot of documentation, Bibles and all from, from them, a very faithful family. So Thomas McFarland at age 20 in the 1850s wrote a covenant to God where he, he said, you know, basically say everything I am, everything I have, everything I will have or whatever, you know, is yours. Help me to, you know, be a faithful steward of that. And so when I think about the multi-generational families, we, we, we actually go back. So he actually wrote this covenant at age 20. He added to it at age 50 and age 70, which we have. Mm. And I think, you know, if you want to, you want to go see it on the website, you can go to McQuallan.net um, and uh, I believe we have those, those covenants. Yeah, we'll try to put that in the show notes. I think uh, I have looked at that and just a little prep for this. And uh, I find that story to be just amazing. And it, even having that documentation and there's just something about knowing that legacy that's mm-hmm. attractive, I would think. I mean, for others, but also just to be in that and feel a little bit of still a part of it, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's a real marker, real foundational, right? And so anyone, in, well, irregardless of whether it's multi-generational or not, I mean, we yeah. all have multi-generational Markers. families or things. And so yeah. being, I, I'd say the encouragement is, you know, write some of these things down. Yeah. Um, for, you know, for your own kids, for your own yeah. and for, for, for others, just to know, like, in, in that way, though, like, of course, none of us ever met him, but we could really felt like you knew him. Fill his heart. Yeah, right? exactly. Because this is not just some kind of factual letter. Right. It's actually, like, this is his faith. Yeah. Like, this is, like, who we, and, and that has really governed who we are as a family and really set the culture there. But, I mean, but, the, but you know, to go back to, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were doing it. Yeah. I would, of course, you know, I, I thought, of course, my, you know, wife, beautiful and. I was pursuing her or something. And I'm like, oh, and you know, of course she asked, you know, well, where, where are you from? And right. well, you know, what's your dad do or what yeah, yeah, yeah. do or whatever. He said, he sells insurance. Right. Well, it's great. You know, my, yeah. my grandfather, you know, that was actually here in Houston. He was with Aflac. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 Well, Dallas. But yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I kind of know the insurance business because right. so my family's in the business too. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. A little, little different. Yeah. 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 Scale, maybe. Uh, of course this is, you know, I'm, I'm old enough. We didn't, we didn't have Google. But right. 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 Good point. Early, that was early, probably early. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, guess, so, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea, but, 
but yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a real blessing because I mean it's a it's a family that is uh, very authentic in their faith and if it is about the kingdom. So been, so so you get married like right out of college? Is that true? Or? Did, yeah. So I was uh, two years ahead of my wife. So okay, waited for her, waited for her, and well, actually, we married between her junior and senior. Okay, I okay. was out, and she finished at Covenant College. Okay, okay. Chattanooga. So actually, she did did it finish. Um, how do you decide to move to Chattanooga? Well, we were in Atlanta first. Okay. So I okay. was in, um, uh, uh, commercial real estate there. Yeah. So really enjoyed, uh, the brokerage business. Yeah. And how long did you do that? Um, that was almost nine years. Okay. All right. Well, you know, yeah, that's good run. Nine years. And, um, uh, yeah, so we did. And then, and then my, you know, father-in-law, you know, called and asked me to help him at the foundation and the, you know, family office, you know, that was beginning at the, at the time. Yeah. And I didn't know really what, what all that meant. And you're like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's I was one of like, my favorite parts of the story. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I think the, I think, you know, just, you, you know, uh, we, we had a, we had a great, great church, great yeah. friends there in Atlanta yeah. and, um, and doing well. And so, yeah. Yeah. Really, you're kind of on your own. And then the family is in Chattanooga. So you're, you know, you're not that yeah, far away, we but had a great relationship with, with, uh, with her parents and, and, uh, and you had kids already. I mean, you, I know three kids yeah. uh, in Atlanta and yeah, kind of making a go of it. Right. And so, yeah, it was one of those, I mean, major points of discernment, you know, do I, you know, uh, there's an invitation. Is that, you know, do I go or not go? And, but it, it's kind of working the way it is. It's not like you weren't looking for that necessarily <laughs> the way yeah. I've heard you tell the story. No. Yeah. Wasn't at all. Yeah. So yeah. We, we had never you know, talked about it and, and all my, you know, it wasn't, my wife wouldn't like, well, yeah, we have to go end up right there at some point. Or right. None of that. Yeah. I wasn't all part of the deal. No, yeah. I think, and I appreciate that actually about Maybe. parents where Maybe. there was, uh, they gave, you know, everyone the freedom to be where God wants them to be. Right. I mean, that's right. ultimately like, it's, that's some, the idea. Some reason my kids, you know, if people are, man, it'd be horrible. Like maybe if they were, you know, what if they're, you know, missionaries in India or something. And, you know, the reality is, I want my kids to be where God wants. Them to be. Yeah, and you've got no yeah, now, yeah. right? Okay, so the three was a nice start. That was yeah. just that was just yeah. the first three yeah. innings. Warmed up. <laughs> Warmed up. That's so much fun. Okay, so tell us about that discernment process. How did that that go as you're thinking about this sort of career change? Well, yeah, I think it's uh, I. Well, I distinctly remember, you know, and and I think the discernment. It, one of the things I've, I've learned is like, well, how do you know that? Right? right. You're saying, well. Hey, let's, let me pray about it. And am I waiting for an audible voice? Right, right, right. What does that look like? So it, that can be a little tricky because yeah. I've never heard audible voice, but I, I do, I, but I, I know that, right. God says he does speak. That's in this still small voice, yeah. but how we do we have, but have, you know, but attuning ourselves to having, you know, spiritual eyes, you know, yeah. this is always talking about, I see true ears to hear, right. And he's not talking about just normal vision or yeah yeah not the auditory or whatever but yeah, yeah to, to, to actually have eyes to see in the spiritual realm and ears to hear yeah as well well said. and yeah and so but as a as a younger man i i have to say i was like i have no idea i'm not sure right. how to do that but you know w- one of my mentors there had you know told me hey you know if you're you know any type of decision the servant making you know god's going to speak you know, can speak to you personally. He's going to speak through his word. And he's going to speak through some others, other people who. Okay. Yeah. So we were praying about it, you know, reading scripture. And then, um, but I remember in particular meeting with a, an older Christian businessman and I was kind of describing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought I kind of had it 
all figured, figured out. out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I had it all figured out. I thought he was like on board with me. And, it, you know, he's just like, I mean, at some point he's like, okay, are you done? You know, <laughs> right. I'm like, I have something to say. Yeah. You know, he goes like, okay, so here's my only question. Do you, you want to manage your career or do you want God to? Oh, hello. Yeah. Because you must have told him, I'm just fine. I'm just going to stick with what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. Or because... whatever. And, and it's just this, this whole thing about like, you know, it's a, it was a control piece oh, and he was just right. kind of calling me on it. Right. Right. Is where like I was, you know, comfortable being where I was doing, I was kind of making, you know, yeah. making my case for kind of how it was. And I think he had. He was reading your bias. Case. Yes. He was what? reading your bias. Maybe. Yeah. And, and I, I think he just kind of knew that I was, you know. Cooling yourself really, a little yeah, bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think just, you know, I, I like chalked it up to just the naivete in you, maybe. <laughs> right. I was just growing. Yeah. yeah. Growing in that thing. Okay. So how did that ultimate decision get made? What was, what was the job offer and how did the sort of shift happen? Well, I, you know, I, yeah. So we, we started having more conversations yeah. about what, what that would, what would it look like, what would it look like, you know, one of the interesting things that, that, uh, you know, prior to that, like in some ways I was just, you know, not as aware of, uh, cause I, I love people first. I love meeting new people and my following off for, for several years, like I would get these calls of like from people I didn't know and just say, Hey, I'm you know, friends with your, your, with, with you and you know, coming through, coming through Atlanta. What I didn't realize is that he was sending on. all these these different, you know, ministry leaders from literally all over the world. Okay. That, okay. At that time, most people had to, you know, you get the chat thing, you come through Atlanta, right? And True. I'm there. And so I was having these lunches and coffees and dinners, breakfasts and, and things with all these different leaders. And, you know, to, to me being an extrovert, it's like, oh, it's just another. All right. Get to me. So I'm really connecting the dots. But he, like he was. He was like planting seeds. Okay. He was planting seeds. And uh, so you could see what they were up to, kind of get a feel for yeah, I started getting, well, and that's his community. Each, too. Each, right. And, you know, each of those ministry leaders, of course, has this huge depth of, you know, whatever, you know, if they're training yeah. pastors in Africa or they're, yeah, you're learning about what's going on in the world. Yeah. What all these different <laughs> things. And so, yeah, before it like unbeknownst to me. Right, right, right. Hey, I'm right. just minding my own business. Right, right. It's, it's a neat story. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> doesn't everybody have this experience? Yeah. Great guys. Right. And I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, yeah, not as, yeah, I'm not the, the, the sharpest. No, no, no. Yeah. No, just, I get it. The case, but, yeah, so I think it was, it really was this whole sense around where the other thing I learned too that I've always stuck with is where John Stott described the calling having two dimensions to it. Mm. And these, that, that you can like, these dimensions that you can kind of experience. Uh -huh. So there's a push and a pull. Okay. And this whole idea about where the, you know, the push side of this is like, it, you know, am I, do, do I feel like I've kind of done everything I need to do? To do here like is there are there are there some just like some things that are like left undone Un, i can't yeah, leave yeah, that yeah or whatever but like this whole push thing is like yeah there's you know if i think about it it's yeah maybe you know kind of you know my, call, my time but you know my, my time here is done and then and then what's the pull yeah is there's this whole sense around where is is god calling me into something mm, i like that uh different and so to, to just uh so so now as i'm you know <laughs> Still, still, uh, you know, come to different points of what I'm having to do. I, I'm well aware of those two, and particularly as I've, as I've had experience, you know, then later on uh, helping to start, you know, founding and co-founding, you know, different uh, yeah. entities, 13, 14. Yeah, and what, what's your it's, time to push? And then when it's the time to... Right. It's like, here's this whole thing. It's like where I'm being, you know, like my time here is done. And th this is, you know, this is where I'm being full. Well, and how would you define something we hadn't talked about just came to me as, as you were saying that 
Do you like kind of the startup piece? I love it. Is, is that, it, it seems like what I'm, um, yeah. I didn't, I, 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 you know, I was in commercial real estate. And, right. So it wasn't like, like these days, like all, all these startups or, and yeah, startups yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So, but commercial but real estate isn't project based. I mean, there, you know what I mean? There's always a new project and it is. And so I think there are some of those, you're you're right. There's some of those dynamics. Um, but yeah, so, so actually fairly quickly, uh, after joining the, the, uh, foundation, uh, got to really put on my heart, this, this whole idea about there's all these amazing kingdom opportunities and, and as as well as all this wealth that's been entrusted with uh, kingdom, you know, business people. Yeah. But it's like the two weren't matching up. Yeah. And so, uh, because we were like one of these families that have been doing this for a long time, like I said, you know, from Thomas McClellan, his, his different, you know, his, his kids, grandkids, things like that. We managed five different foundations and trusts from the, from the family. And, um, the McClellan foundation started in 1945. So as a Christian family, been, been, uh, at this for, for quite a while. So we'd have a number of different families come and just say, Hey, can we come learn and, Figure out, pick your you brain. Know, We're trying. We'd love to do something similar, right? Thanks. And so, you know, so I, I was getting exposure to that. At the same time, we you know we were having you know, lots of different ministry leaders, different men and women that God's called from all over the world. And I, I will say this is very interesting. As we started, this is where most people start their giving. Right? As we we give to who we know and what we know, and the most giving kind of starts local. Yeah. And then it, you know, and then might you know as it gets bigger, go you know regional, national, and then global. If you look at the history, say of the McLaren Foundation, it's kind of where it was. And my yeah. father-in-law was the one that a guy named Leighton Ford, who was Billy Graham's uh, brother-in-law, huh. invited him to a uh, Luzon All right. meeting. I want to say back in the 70s. I think it was the seventies. That's that 70s. famous. Yeah, and so that's and that's where that's where he was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" There's like. All these like rolled out there, all these like different, you know, there's men and women from all different cultures and okay. nationalities and okay, and things like that. And just like, but you you would hear their story, yeah. And he was just like, just like undone. He's just like, that is just amazing. Like, I remember he, he always would tell the story of like a like maybe some guy in Myanmar that had been, you know, been in one of these tribal people groups and uh, they brought the gospel you know, to, to, to this people group and, and, and he got so excited about it, led all these different people. And there was like, there was this picture he would show of like, this guy had literally had, you know, in a short period of time, like nine generations of believers. Wow. Yeah. Like in a short period of time, he led this guy to the Lord, this guy led these, these people to the Lord, this guy, you know, and it's just like, they're all together in this one thing. Yeah. And he's like, that's what I want to, th- okay. th- like, that's what we need to be about. Like we need to be about investing in the kingdom, building the kingdom globally. So he's the one that really shifted the foundation. Seventy okay. percent of what we give is global. Oh wow! Okay, and so okay, so they finally talk you into joining the family business, which is kind of the foundation at this point, right? Right. And well, there still was an operating company, but there's okay, there's still an operating company. You didn't really join that piece. They right. sort of said, okay, over here on the foundation side. So what's kind of the lane that you found in, in that world? Well, it, you know, so I think it was originally you know hired to. You know, help on the on the grant making. Okay, uh, yeah, we were you know, probably doing about thirteen million a year at that at that point, mm-hmm. and it was so it was my father in law, a, uh, a great guy named Tom McCauley, uh, who was the executive director and good friends with my father in law for a number of years, and uh, and then some admin help. So it's pretty thin. Yeah, right. So, right. Was what was going on, and and kind of where where it was ultimately going. 
but as as you already heard, you know, I'm 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 a broker, not a you know, in right. in a lot of ways, in kind of this traditional philanthropy, you know, you'd really hire someone that's a little bit more analytical, right? With your your like you, would, I don't know, you mean, I don't right, know, right? I don't I mean, know. maybe your, not me. You're a CPA, yeah, 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 CFA, and all these other things. You know, someone that's a little bit more technical because it's in some ways it's like you know, it it kind of larger scale philanthropy. It's it's like kind of institutional investing. Yeah. Right? And so where are we allocating? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. What's our, yeah, what's our portfolios look like or granting portfolios and things like that? I love meeting the people here in the ideas right. and, and I, I'd get motivated by that. But I'm really more of a deal maker, say, than a, a grant maker. Yeah. I think what, so, so <laughs> maybe in God's sense of humor too, the, I mean, one of the things he, he, he gave me was this, this whole idea that was like, I couldn't, like I, I couldn't unhear and unsee was this, you know, incredible opportunity because I would just like work with you know, thousands of requests from all over the world at this yeah. point. The amazing to see what, you know, what, you know, what God's doing yeah. and, and all this wealth, but it's like they weren't matching up. And so as a, as a kind of an old, you know, as a deal maker, <laughs> as a broker, you're like, wait a minute, there's a deal to be had. There's a deal. To, I want to try and, and do that. And okay. of course I didn't know what that was. And, and, and I would say in God's, or two, actually, my because a lot of people think, well, oh, you must have the gift of giving. You've been involved with generosity space, and like that's absolutely not true at all, right? <laughs> so this is God's laughing at this because okay, watch this, right? Right, right, right. right. Watch. And like, what do I do with this? I guy? think a guy who who was really like, so I'd have to just so uh, I mean, kind of going back, I, I was raised in a family of faith, but my, but but I I, I really had in, in in my mind. uh you know, this the whole sense I would I was really more of a you know maker of a taker. Yeah. Certainly was not did did not did not and it's still not my primary gift is not giving. Mm-hmm. My wife says. Interesting. I think I think she's I like her instinct, she always is quicker than I am. Yeah. 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 E- even as I've I've developed it o- o- over the years, she's still like her instinct on like of course, boom, you know. Right. And this stuff or yeah, and, and, and things like that. I'm and I'm trying to get close to close that gap a little bit. Yeah. But that's where hers is. And so what I realized is like my, uh, but God really brought some different people in my life that were in, in some certain things. One was a friend of mine encouraged me to do a crown yeah. financial ministry study. That that was a real game changer mm. for my wife and I. The second thing is my father-in-law gave me this book by Randy Alcorn, which I had no intention of reading called Money, Possessions, and Eternity. But for some reason, one night I picked it up and didn't put it down. Couldn't put it down. And I yeah. and I realized, wow, my my theology was so bad. I was thinking, you know, as a deal guy, if God has a 90-10 deal, all he wants is 10 and I get to keep the 90. I'm thinking, that's what, Sounds great. what's not wrong, wrong with that? I'm just happy to be a, a you know, a, a tither. And, you know, he, of course, he goes over all that, <laughs> does all that, you know, uh, you know, biblically for me yeah. to really understand the, you know, that it, it's a grace. And, uh, it's not about the numbers, it's about your heart yeah. and, uh, it's about the eternal, not the temporal. Yeah. And I just like, it, it's like everything I was like, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. I just, right. I saw everything wrong, but it's like, I, I literally did was this like the Holy spirit though, gave me just these you know, new, new ears to hear. Yeah. I yeah. See. Yeah. He took the veil off. In, of, in a, yeah. a, like a fuller way. And it just was like, and so this is really what, like I, I talk about the, like I do this in my weakness not my strength right because like i need this message more than anyone else right because i i mean you know it's it's very easy for me to have the allure of you know the the where the you know talk about this where the um 
uh, where the world is messaging bigger, better, faster, more. Yeah. And I mean, I'm being sold all day long on that. Right. <laughs> so we all, unless are. I have, unless, you know, but you know, it, am I, you know, Holy spirit can, you know, check me on those things. I mean, left to myself with, without understanding really this simple value proposition that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than receive. And, and living into that, believing that and living into that is, that's what breaks the power of money. Yeah. Bigger, better, faster, more versus more blessed to give than to receive. Just kind of the polar opposites of the way the world. I mean, if we turn on our phones, just start scrolling through the messages of the new stuff you need Absolutely. and the more stuff you need. And it's a, and it's a mega, it's all over. Okay. So this is interesting. So you get into the foundation, you're seeing all these amazing things happening, but you're also seeing this disconnect between mm-hmm. the families that are sort of coming to your family now, uh, saying, how do you do this giving mm-hmm. thing? And then this like overwhelming need across the globe. So you're sort of seeing these two constituents, but maybe they're not synced up. So how does that result in some of the things you've done with generous giving? Yeah, that's what I- thanks. I think one of the other things I would say too, is what, what I saw kind of at a macro level is, is money is often the greatest perceived need, mm. oh. but in most cases, the least useful. The, the least useful. useful. Interesting. Yeah. So, but it's the greatest perceived need. Okay. Like on the giver side and the receive and the receiving side, we think it's all about the money. Just money will money solve it. Do all if we can get the right number, like we that. could solve the problem. Yeah. So I think in some ways, right, we, it's, it's super important. I guess where I want to go is like, let's put it in its proper place. Okay. Right. Because otherwise, if we kind of give it more power, it will take everything. Mm. I mean, it will. Power because narrative. ultimately, right. I mean, we think about this, it is the, you know, master that's in competition. Yeah. For the true master. That's true. So it's God or God or money. More verses in the Bible about money and possessions than about heaven and hell combined. Right. Twenty three hundred some odd verses. Why does God talk about it so much? Yeah, what's well, the whole masterpiece? Yeah, so it's like, what competes for our hearts, right? That's right. And so I think we're, yeah. You know, so like if you know, if, with these moments of of self awareness, yeah, like it's like, am I controlling the money or is the money controlling? Right. What's the real driver? Right. Here? Like you know, what, what's what's my motivation for just. Well, yeah, just just keep making more because I can't, and and not not also you know stewarding this whole eternal perspective. Okay, here and so what we you know kind of long story short, longer longer story or something, but essentially God really revealed to us um, this this whole idea around. There's a lot of people want to talk about when they talk about giving is some more of the ta- what I call tactical and yeah. rational yeah, side yeah, yeah. of like where to give, how much to give to whom and, uh, and, and those type of things. But like this whole idea about like, if there's all these opportunities and all this wealth that is not matching up, then, you know, what's not being answered. It's and, not a money problem. Right. The it's, deals could just deal make. Right. It's there's, some, there, there's a barrier. Right. And so this, yeah, what God revealed to us was this, why is the, this, it was a why question. Like yeah. why give in the first place? Because frankly, it's, you know, feels a lot better to, you know, Spend it on all these different things we can see. Like, why, why, you know, if, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm tithing, but you know, do I have to give more and all these different things? And so this, so why give? You know, because and now it sounds re- like a very, you know, rhetorical question in a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we're all we're Christian. We're supposed to give. So that's, you know, let's talk about some some things that are more interesting. Mm-hmm. 
but actually why is important, which we know, you know, as we were looking at this, you know, I think most people are familiar with Simon Sinek and yeah. this whole why thing, right? Because why the answers to why actually form belief. Mm. And so the, the, um, and none of us act on unbelief. We only act on belief, but we think about the, but what we think we have as the nuance of this is what we think is personal belief is actually more cultural belief. Mm. And so, you know, if we think about the culture of giving in the American church, you know, there's some pretty significant, you know, surveys done, things like that, where we're asking the yeah. question of like, well, what does God require of you? Well, you know, most people would say 10%, uh, then how many people are actually, you know, 85% of the people would answer that way, but then only 15% of the people are doing it are actually doing it. Well, that's a, well, then they don't really believe gap. it. Right. It's a pretty big gap. Right. So we, so is it, like, I always use like maybe the head and the heart or whatever, right, like yeah. maybe you have this head knowledge that you know what the right answer right. to verbalize is, but. I don't know. Maybe part is where belief is, and so right. And then it's got to get to the hands. You know, right. stuff. Yeah. I'll leave the yeah. But but belief that belief is the motivator for you know action. Put in the action, action. yeah, in the application of that. So 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 we we, we created uh, started a uh, ministry called Generous Giving. Yep. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, created this small group facilitated experience called, right. that we call a Journey of Generosity. Right. And it's just where we just seen the Holy Spirit um, just you know, transform arts, right. you know, and, and so, and it's a, uh, but it's not lecture and it's not like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm the expert. And so yeah, let, let me, me teach let me, you. let me teach you, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, trust me, I can win this. Right. You're like, okay. You yeah. Know, yeah. You yeah. Capitulate things right. like that. Like, right. like none of us like that. Right. No, no, no. That's like that. Anyhow, no. but we love story. Right. Right. We love story. And so, and in particular for, for myself who, you know, is not the, you know, never be accused of being an intellectual. Like for me, stories are, you know, are everything like it, for 100%. me and my learning. And so what, what we realize as we design this is we tell all these different, you know, we tell all these different stories because if this is true, what does it look like? Yeah. What does generosity look like in my family, in my peer group, in my church, in my community, in my business and, 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 my, and how I, you know, look at the world. Yeah. So, it, because if it's true, it will be true in all those things. There will be true actually in every culture and every social economic true. circumstance. Yep. This is not just generosity. It's not about you know the amount. Right. Okay. So now we could actually take the rest of this podcast until all these amazing stories that have come out. I'll just point people to Alan Barnhart, you know, who's yeah. a part of this podcast. Who we just did a jog <laughs> with uh, some of the participants, some of the guests we've had on the podcast. His office a few weeks ago. So just listen to his story. That he's probably the poster child, uh, maybe the most downloaded. I don't know what it is, but well, maybe the most downloaded uh, video ever is Alan Barnhart. So we'll, we'll, uh, you can go back and listen to the podcast, or we could put the uh, generous giving video. He and his wife up there, which is awesome uh, to tell that story. Yeah, but I think. There's more to this story for you. So I think a lot of people are, are listening and watching this that really like, they don't know that backstory. So I think mm. it's really cool, the backstory and, and your role in that and the start of generous giving. But the other piece is where God's taking you now, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of good fruit from generous giving of what's going on. It continues. Yeah. But I know God's taking you to a new place uh, these days. Tell us about kind of how uh, where you're spending your time these days and, and what that new inspiration is. Yeah. Thanks. Well, 
before I get to yeah. the current piece, there was a, a another significant. Okay, yeah, so please. Like the so, I mean, a, amazing, amazing group of guys at the at the very beginning, the late nineties, two thousands, with that yeah. Harper, David yeah, Will, yeah. myself, were, were part of that, and then so involved with generous giving for the first, I guess, you know, nine, yeah. ten years, and then God, then I felt another kind of push pull. Yeah, uh, we're this. I mean, it's really rolling, it's right? Working. Yeah, uh, we're seeing you know great fruit from great fruit from this, and then uh, kind of very clearly heard you know take this global. Okay, and uh, so 2010 started. I thought, wow, this is going to be easy. You know, we've we kind of worked through everything here in the U.S. Yeah, we uh, have the template. I'll take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah translate it into French. Uh, play. <laughs> I tell you, I'm like, yeah, this is this. Is, you, you talk about yeah, paying some dumb tax. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, you know, the kind of the global. Marketplace. Yeah. So, I mean, it is very interesting. I think I got this was two and a half years before anyone did anything. Wow. And I had, Don had given me these different cities to go to. Okay. Like, they were like, well, where do I go? Like, yeah, right, go sure. anywhere. Well, okay, take it globally where, where, where I go. And so I actually was just literally just kind of riding the circuit of uh, London, Dubai, Jakarta, Singapore, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, and Seoul. Okay. And uh, and I would just kind of just loop those in, in different trips and and met a lot of really interesting people. Told a lot of these stories, was in trying to envision, you know, this, you know, some of these movements happening. Yeah. Uh, in these different countries and cultures. And uh, a lot of people, you know, eat a lot of good food, <laughs> a lot of good people. <laughs> right. But like, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, yeah, it didn't, no one it, was it didn't just take off like you and, yeah. and I, right. I'm a, you know, you're I'm selling a deal. Oh, I'm selling, selling a deal. Nobody's buying a deal. And no one's closed out. I haven't closed <laughs> anyone. So I wanted, I would come home and be, I have to say, it was a little discouraging. Yeah, yeah. It, it was It was just me. Uh, but I remember, you know, talking to this one, um, uh, it, it, one of the board meetings, right? Which yeah. Kind of family, family board meetings. They're like, well, okay. what's going on? You know, hey, it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> a lot of plane tickets. Yeah. A lot of like this, a lot of time. I'm like, yeah. how long are you going to keep doing this? Right. And, you know, I said, you know, give me another six months, okay. know, four months or something. A few weeks after that, this, this couple from Shanghai called and said, okay, I think, you know, in, you know, imperfect communication, my, my Mandarin is, you know, yeah. non-existent, so horrible to, and they're, uh, they're English too, but they're like, I think we'll let's, let's try this thing you're, you're talking about. Right. right. And, and, uh, and I went, oh my, okay, yeah. now we got to get this in Mandarin. Right, right, right. And so. So I fly over there and they said, we'll, we'll bring some of our friends together. So I fly over there to do the, you know, first jog outside of the Americas. And they, uh, before I was leaving, I remember my wife asking me, okay, so you're going to facilitate this thing, but if you don't speak Mandarin, how are you actually going to do that? Right. Like, cause you get, you don't understand, you, right. you won't understand, you know, and yeah. I'm thinking, you know, I'd details, details. <laughs> and, you know, look, this is, you know, I'm a big picture guy. Right, right, right. It'll work. It'll work. Yeah, right. And, uh. You know, that's where I get, I get there. We're sitting at, you know, we're sitting in this board and there's like 22 Chinese business people uh, around this big table. And I asked the first question and, uh, I have a lady that's, you know, translating for me and she said, uh, she didn't say anything. And I said, I, I said, well, Molly, can you like translate my, my first question? And she's like, no, it's a bad question. And I went. Um, okay, this is not starting off too well. I'm like, <laughs> tell me why this is, you know, yeah, why, why is bad? Question. Let me ask our host. And so she goes back and forth, Mandarin. He comes back and, and uh, she goes, Yeah, I was right. It's a bad question. 
and it, you know, at this point, I have these flashbacks of you know, with my wife, like, how are you gonna? Right, right. Oh my gosh, you're trying to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. I know. You're right. I mean, she's yeah. My wife is pretty spot on. So she's amazing. Uh, but anyhow, it was yeah. Just despite that, and and it's much longer story. But but ultimately, God really just I mean, used that time. You know, irregardless of my inability to understand Mandarin and and, and things like that, is it with it's yeah. The Holy Spirit. Just you got through it, and it incredible work. No, it just was really transformed yeah and so the work just off we go already taken off from there okay. started you know building a team and things like that fast forward to 2020 during covid you know we had to take everything online and things like that all right we're i think at that point maybe in 40 different countries okay um 20 languages and all and and uh work through that god's continued to bless it but i also felt you know this transition another push pull yep and like like kind of my you know so like your kind of 10 to 12 year like, kind of uh, cycle I'm, I'm getting yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's probably a little shorter. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So 70 countries, 30 languages. Okay. And um, now we're, so Emmanuel V. Strown is the new uh, CEO at Generosity Path, which is a sister organization to Generous Giving. And I think the last board meeting, I think he, he was telling us we're in 97 countries now, wow. 42 languages. So God's really blessing that work. So, so the next thing I, I felt like God was calling me to was, I spent the last 23, 25 years in this, in this generosity space was, um, I had a meeting with a guy and he said, you know, praying about our time and felt like God gave me this question that he wanted me to ask. And I'm like, okay, what's it, what's that? Yeah, sure. What's left undone? Mm-hmm. And I went, hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I started thinking about that. Cause I, I mean, it, cause, cause frankly, this time I will say it, you know, at, you know, 57, I was thinking, I was, you know traveling you know all over the world for for the last you know 10 15 years and uh a little tired i was thinking yeah you know we had our first grandchild yeah. and uh still had it still had um some younger kids at home and i was i was dreaming of you know lower handicap and yeah and less time on a plane right really you know kind of like hey i just want to you know hide out here for a little while and this guy gives me this question which you know kind of sends me on this quest of like well all right, Lord, what, what, what's, you know, what is that? And, uh, looked at a, a number of different things, but, uh, but ultimately what he showed me is, is that there's uh, a lot of the families that, that are like the family I've been privileged to be part of, uh, everyone's giving, but very few people are giving with velocity sooner rather than later and at scale at a level commensurate with their wealth. And, um, yeah, that's what I want you to step in and and help these families. And what have you found is the primary obstacle to that? You know, because, uh, I know we've had these conversations about, you know, the way I've always looked at it is it's like, God is raising up. He's planting seeds of generosity in these people. And, and a lot of what we're doing, you know, at, at our company, Arcus is, is, uh, just coming alongside and instead of kind of cold, throwing cold water, like I think yeah. the world does a lot, we just go, that sounds amazing. Yeah. How do we do it? You know, and, and try to do the planning and that sort of thing. And so thank you, Daryl, for being with us on part one <laughs> of the generous business owner podcast of, of this. Uh, Daryl's got so much good content. We're going to turn it into a two-parter. So tune in next week for part two with Daryl Heal. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Jeff. All right. All right. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.